I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome back to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. And this is Kate. We are here with an update. We did like a little interim update a couple weeks ago, but this is like a more full length update on because the podcasts you've been listening to the last couple of weeks have been they were pre-recorded. Actually, last week's podcast. We, we haven't done any update recently. We did that little interim one just to say, hey, baby's been born. Oh, no, but I never published that. <laughs> Wait, you never published that little thing we did? Nope. Oh, Okay, so we haven't talked to you live other than last week's episode, which was Unpacking White Feminism with Rachel Cargill. If you've not listened to that episode and you are white and you consider yourself a feminist, it's a must. It's a must, must, must listen. It may be triggering for you. It may be uncomfortable. I was sweating profusely while doing the interview. I don't know about you, Mike, but I think it's a critical conversation for us all to be having because the systems of oppression that keep marginalized people from thriving are real. And you don't have to dig very deep to find all of the data and the historical facts that support that. And I really recommend going to listen to that episode if you have not yet. So I agree. And by the way, it is our job as now I'm not assuming everybody who listens to our podcast is white, by the way. I actually don't. I have no idea what our demographics are. And I, I actually don't know how we would find that information out. However, I would imagine some of you are white. And so if you're white, I'm talking to you. It is actually our job to dismantle these systems because our ancestors and our lineage created them. So it doesn't mean that you're to blame for slavery, for example, but it does mean that it is our job to dismantle it because people who are being oppressed can't dismantle it. It's actually, it's not possible. They can educate, they can stand up, they can speak out, and they are, but it's actually our job. So that's why Mike and I are using our platform to talk about it, because it's important. And if we are humanitarians, which we do consider ourselves humanitarians and certainly feminists, it's important that that includes all people, not just white people, right? Not just people who look like us or think like us or live in our same neighborhoods. It's like all people everywhere. So just like Glennon Doyle says, there's no such thing as other people's children. There's really no such thing as people who are not related to us. So go listen to that episode, but now on to this week's episode. <laughs> yes, Mike? Nothing. Just listening to you. It's a public service announcement. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So we're here. Ruby. So Ruby was born on April 8th. Ruby is the newest addition to our family. She's likely the last addition to our family. Although, I mean, I suppose you never know. But I mean, this is pretty, you know, this is anyway, I don't know that I want to have any other kids. I don't really want to be pregnant again. And I don't really want to give birth again. So I'm just putting that out there. I am aware that it's possible to have an ecstatic orgasmic birth. And I think it's so awesome that women have that experience. I have 
not had that experience. And so, although I will say this birth after, I'll let you talk in a second, Mike. This is the Kate show. That she's missed you guys a lot. So she's just going to riff for a good I'm not hour. even caffeinated, but I have so much to say. Well, we haven't talked to I know. our we podcast. We chatted with you in a long time. And there's a lot going on. There's and just to add to, before Kate goes, we talk about Ruby. Just to kind of back, oh. you know, to just support Rachel, you know, what the podcast with Rachel was last week, it kind of the direction we're moving forward. I mean, what the NFL did is wrong, very wrong, because they're not dealing with the issue, right? And I just saw there was a quote this morning. Actually, let me show you. I'll just read it to you. And it says, it just wrote recently, Roseanne got canceled, which... Yesterday. Yeah, but it's like it's and people are like congratulating ABC. Like Roseanne's been like on this train, this racist train for a really long time. And they said ABC didn't fire Roseanne for being a racist. She was always a racist. ABC fired her because she wouldn't keep her racism just below the surface where ABC could profit from it. And Whoa. so that gives the underlying it's like you think about even the Walmart, right? I just read on the Wall Street Journal they paid shareholders back 20 billion dollars so the people with this all these tax benefits that was going crazy earlier this year is really going back to shareholders they paid their shareholders back 20 billion dollars with all that money they could have raised the minimum wage for their employees to 15 dollars an hour and as we know walmart is one of the worst companies treating their employees that exist so it's looking at the entire system of how it operates and as a white man in the society, as Rachel said, what did she call me like the devil? What was, or the, the, I don't know, but she's hilarious. It was, so after the podcast ended, I asked her a question. I, I wish we would have left it recording. I but know it was I, a good question. I, we will address it in the future, but I asked her about like, what's your message? You know, we talked a lot about message to white women. What is the message to men? You know, during these conversations, she called you the ultimate oppressor. It was like the something. ultimate evil or something, you know, like know white men said. are the ultimate evil. And I just, I just, you know, it's. It's, it's and then like a week later Weinstein's being arrested right so it's the like I can either take that like if somebody calls I'm a white man right as the ultimate evil and I can get very angry or upset about it or I can learn from what is going on you know and paying attention to not only what's going on at Starbucks or Waffle House to people of color but also what's happening you know the me too movement that is and i just saw in the same article was like i've never seen this show but the kimmy oh the unstoppable kimmy schmidt or unspeakable, something? unspeakable but she's like really something. addressing me too through the season oh on, really i think it's Netflix i watched or one episode i couldn't get into it but my sister was really into it yeah so that and you know it's just address it's noticing where we are in the world and recognizing that because we've been able to hide it for so long can I address something? Because it came up in the comments of, of the Instagram post that I posted about the podcast with Rachel. Um, no. Sure. <laughs> of course you can address something. <laughs> okay. I want to address, because this came up in the comment, I've seen it come up before, and I just want to speak to it, which is that people say that people pulling, quote unquote, pulling the race card and talking about racism is victim mentality. And I just want to address that in case anybody listening has heard that and is wondering, is that true? Or if you have perhaps thought that yourself, either out loud or just inside your head, 
that's called victim blaming. So when we are saying, oh, you just pulled the woman card or you just pulled the race card or, oh, you just pulled the gay card or whatever and saying you're just playing victim and not taking responsibility for your life. I just want to, if anyone has thought that, I thought it was worth addressing because, and I am going to go back and address this on the Instagram comments as well. There is a difference between not taking responsibility for your actions and also shining a light on the systematic problems in our society, in our government, in our medical system, in our education system, in our financial systems. So for example, I went to go see, I'm a woman, I think you know that, and I am a cisgendered hetero, what am I? Hetero, hetero, heterosexual. Yeah. Heterosexual woman. <laughs> like, what am I? Because <laughs> I saw this guy with a hat this morning that said heteronormativity, but it was crossed out. It was like a really great baseball cap. So now I'm confused about words because Ruby sucked all the brains out while she was in my uterus. <laughs> and now I can't think anymore. So I went to go see an orthopedic surgeon for knee pain I was having. And he told me, I still cannot believe this. He told me that the reason I was having knee pain is that I am a woman and my hips are wider than a man's. And therefore my ligaments are pulling on my knees and that is causing me knee pain. And I was like, so you're saying that my female body that like, so if that were true, every single woman would have this knee pain. And you're basically saying that the female body design is inherently flawed and is going to cause me pain for the rest of my life. This is what you're telling me. So there's two things going on there. Well, that's what Charles Darwin said too. Right. He was obviously. That man is superior a misogynist, to woman. Yes. Obviously. So there's two things going on there. I went into the office as a woman and I was treated in a particular way as a woman. And I could count to, I could, you know, go on and on about tons of different circumstances where I was treated poorly as a woman in a way that a man never would have been treated. So there's admitting that that is true, that there are parts of our system that are flawed, that oppress marginalized people. Then there's also, and that's not victim mentality, that's just calling what it is. And then there's also the way we respond to it. And so I'm not the world's leading expert on victim blaming by any means or victim shaming. However, I do know that there's what is true about our society and then there's how we respond to it. A woman like Rachel Cargill, who we had on last week, is responding to the fact that systematic racism is truly a thing in America for sure and across the world. She's responding by speaking out about it. She's responding by educating about it. And she's responding by being a voice of power and a voice of good to make the changes versus just saying, oh, well, I can't do anything because I'm a black woman. So, you know, like she's, you know, she's studying at Columbia University. She's an incredible, incredible woman. She started all of these initiatives. She's working on all these projects, you know, working to change the world. And so there's a difference between realizing you are the victim of a system that is set up to keep you down and taking responsibility for your actions in the face of that system. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that. Yep. And it's looking at, I mean, this goes on in 8,000 Starbucks just shut down yesterday to do racial bias training. Good. Right. So this goes that's not a only, lot of latte money. They're not making that's right. as and it so, should be in the, it sh is, as it should be. But it's also if you study the mortgage industry and what happened with the mortgage industry, the baking industry, and you go back and do the research on, and this exists in every industry 
that we're a part of right now. And so it's recognizing to create that change that's there as well. Yeah. So that's okay. cool. All right. So we'll go back to Ruby. Oh, okay. So uh, Ruby was born on April 8th. Among other issues that yep. matter. Mm -hmm. Ruby Grace Watts was born on April 8th. Yes. Um, I already own the domains. So <laughs> don't try to get them. <laughs> she was born. I had a successful VBAC unmedicated. You did. Which was the hardest thing I've ever done. But it was a total, as our friend Kelly Brogan said, it was a total reclamation. And it was, I felt like a complete badass. And it was awesome. So that was great. The recovery has been really different from having a C-section. So that was interesting. Still recovering. She's Ruby seven and a half weeks old. So still definitely on the road to recovery. You know, I'm just, I'm going to call it like it is because I know people need to know this stuff. I am still like really repairing from a tear, from hemorrhoids, having, you know, incontinence when I walk sometimes and just general like discomfort i've had mastitis twice it's definitely like motherhood is an adventure i couldn't be happier that ruby is here and her birth was really like a super powerful experience for me and i know mike will also share his experience which was powerful in a different way but ruby's great she's awesome she's in her little rocker sleeping next to us as we record this podcast she slept nine hours in a row last night and i just have zero guilt about having an easy baby because we totally earned it because Penelope I love her so much however she was not an easy baby so it's been nice to have a different experience mm -hmm. and I have to say I'm very grateful Ruby did not come first because if Ruby had come first I would have been so like what are all these moms talking about why do they think this is hard <laughs> and I would have completely lacked compassion for everything everybody is going through but I have a tremendous compassion for people going through parenthood and how difficult it is. And Ruby has just been like such a little angel. It's true. She has been. Yeah. She doesn't really she's still adjusting to me though. That's in whole. You guys have karma. We do have karma. Gina told me that Gina, Nicole, the angel card reader. She, I had an angel card reading after Ruby was born because you know that's what you do right i guess i don't know this is my first i think it was my second angel car reading kyle gray gave me my first one but gina's awesome she actually was a client of mine earlier this year and then i really learned kind of what she does why we were here working together and yeah i was like well let's have a reading figure out and she said don't feel bad but ruby might take a while to connect with you you know it's going to be different than what penelope is obsessed with me so it's, it's, it's a much different experience because I'll like hold Ruby and she'll just like yesterday. The, I think the only time I ever heard her scream at the top of her lungs as much in like lock her body and like a, you know, how the baby's just like every muscle is locked is when I've been holding her since she's been alive, like three times, three or four times now. And I'm like, what is going on? And it goes back to like, <laughs> do I know what I'm doing? So that's been an interesting journey, which is good, but it's like Kate's having a much completely different experience with this baby than with Penelope. And we've talked a lot about that previously. Yeah. So that's been uh, fun, but it's been, it, it has been great. We've been doing a, I've been sleeping in the guest room. So I get sleep and then Kate, you know, wakes up with Ruby to feed. And then I'm with up with Penelope anywhere between four thirty to six, whatever she desires to wake up to that day. So yeah, that's been good. I think it's, it's created. I think that's been helpful is like create the 
ideally one content. day I'll be happy not to sleep in the guest room, but which I don't have to right now either, but it's just nice to, I bet you Ruby will sleep through the night pretty soon. I think I so mean, basically too. she did last night. Yeah, she true. slept from eight thirty to four forty five in the morning and then again until like eight. We need two days in a row and then we know we're on a streak. Yeah. 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 So that's been good. And Penelope had a little bit of a hard time, you know, adjusting right off the bat. I feel like she still, you know, is adjusting and she's going potty in the toilet or that makes sense going. She's basically she's potty, potty trained. trained. Yeah. Which is cool. Oh, that was man. exciting. Yeah. Those poops at the end were getting, oh, it's brutal. They were getting huge. And so it was good to be done with the changing poop diapers. And so now she's really excited to, to go on the, the bathroom. So she had to step up her game since her baby sister came into play. She was like, I'm going to show these two that I can use the toilet, you know? And that's what she did. <laughs> she, she got, she just took that attention right back. You know, she's like, you guys, you have to chase me around cause I'm going to go to the toilet. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but Penelope's been great, so that's been good. Yeah. And Kate, you really did rock it. You know, we've talked about this previously, but for everybody here listening, watching a woman give birth, it's incredible. Like, it's that you're creating human life, you know? And it's uh, unbelievable. I mean, I don't know how to... It's really hard and to describe And that was the first time you'd it. seen that in person. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, in person. Yeah. I mean, the first... I saw you in labor Yeah, a lot. But you Previously. know, the pushing thing is really but a it's whole much other different. thing. Yeah, it's much different. So, and yeah. it's been a, yeah, it's just cool. You know, and I think that's a, that's a piece that's healing the world too. You know, we talk about, like we talked about the Rachel podcast. We talk about a lot of that here, but just like you think about when my dad was my age or, you know, when he had me, you know, what the medical system was like, like fathers weren't even allowed in the delivery room, you know? And so, and how that much has changed where people are participating, you know, in the development of life. And I think it's pretty, the partners are there, et cetera, that are, I mean, not in every situation, of course, but at least it helps me understand more from the perspective of watching, you know, it's creating, it's creating life and giving birth of what women do in the world. So it's really cool to just witness that and understand we really, it really puts our, our life in place. You know, it like puts the man in place. Like this is where you're supposed to be because I'm over here creating the, you can't do this. You know, it's type of a thing. It was so funny. I heard a friend of mine say who had a son. She said, I never fully understood the power of women until I actually watched a penis come out of my vagina. And I realized like women create everything. Like yes. women's bodies created the penises and i thought that was really funny mm -hmm. and profound yeah actually yeah yeah it's been pretty nuts and i caught ruby that was fun should we go into my whole like i don't know i don't you know should we talk about that i feel like that's a whole podcast in itself maybe that's today's podcast well I some know. i also wanted like just uh yeah okay you could do well, this we don't have, you don't to, have do... to do the long version. no i won't do the you long can version do the short version. i'll do the short version no i'm gonna do the the sum of basically i like had an emotional lost my shit like had an emotional breakdown from and i had a full-blown skin rash that is still i'm still dealing with that's like much when ruby came out mike basically had a. it was it was before that so it started much before ruby was born but as Ru kate was in labor i watched myself <laughs> get spots all over my face 
from the time we transferred, like Kate was in labor at home and then we had to go to the hospital. And from the time that Kate was in labor in the hospital, I watched my body basically like expose or just like, yeah, I just got red spots all over my body and my face turned red. My lips got really dry. I had an entire full body rash. No, by the end of the day, you were so inflamed. And then several days later, when it was still really bad and probably even worse, I looked at Mike and I said, I said, you have never looked worse. <laughs> like, it's true. It looked like he was like from the crypt. I mean, yeah, it was. I, I will post some pictures in the show notes if you want to see, because I took a few of my face. The... Yeah, it was really bad. And I've done like ther- therapy every single week, sometimes twice a week. You know, we have a health practitioner that I also kind of call as therapy. And even though it's she's not a therapist, but that's what I just kind of call her as. And then uh, an actual therapist. So I've been working with those people twice a week and just to kind of work through everything. Like no, no joke. Like that's the, I told you the angel card reader like that happened. I don't know. A couple days after Ruby was born. And just really dove in to figure out what was going on. And there was not any wasting. And sometimes I had a, I took a couple of weeks off because I needed to process myself and work myself, you know, let my myself figure it out. This baby has, Ruby has been, it's like we look at, you know, looking back, like Kate had such a hard time post Penelope. And so I had to kind of keep things together as much as I could. And I didn't think about, you know, like, not keeping things together during that time. And this time is this was like such a healing experience for Kate that I like lost my, I was the one that lost it, you know, but still able to keep the, we still had to take care of yeah, things. Yeah. Logistically he was able to yeah. still really be supportive because, um, Ruby had a hundredth percentile head size and I pushed her out in 43 minutes. So. 108. 108th percentile. Yeah. Is that even a thing? Yeah, it was over 100%. Okay, so a larger than anyway. Average, like the averages of things. No, but 100th percentile head size is not even average. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So Yeah, you were off the charts. Anyway, she's got a really big head. And uh, yeah. after pushing her out, there's quite a bit of reorganization that needs to happen. And I, I really couldn't walk very easily and do much. So Mike was able to logistically support and was mm-hmm. awesome. But those couple of weeks were really hard. Yeah. And it, it's, it, this was looking back when I think back to this, it's, this was been building up for a long time. You know, this is to summarize all of this stuff a little bit shorter. I mean, this started probably 20 years ago <laughs> and it really, it was just holding on to a lot over for a very long period of time. I mean, when Katie and I started working together in 2013, I was already, you know, I left corporate America and doing the thing that you know, the it's the going against the grain concept that we talk a lot about on here. And that's what I was doing in 2009 when I started my business. And from there, you know, was running out of money and I had to pay off debt. And then we started traveling together and then both of us didn't really have a lot of money. And so it was like, how are we going to support each other, the family? And then myself as the male or the programming that's been put into my system has been, you know, the provider and take care of all of these things. And you just don't talk to people about it and you just kind of work through it. So it was just like this long build up process. And I actually felt really kind of stressed. I used the word anxious a lot right after the baby was born and very stressed after Ruby was born. That was just built up for a long time. And it would have been very helpful for me to communicate and talk with somebody a month before the baby was born. That would have changed the game 100% for my post birth of Ruby. And like, I expected to take 
the rest of April off and just to kind of help out. And honestly, I had to push, I took all pretty much all of May off and I've just been, you know, doing fun things and we'll see what June holds. Yeah. And it's reprogramming myself for, (laughs) I talked to Alicia today and she was like, well, you might never come back. So it's just one of those. Right. And so it's just, we have this running joke about like what is next or what it, what is the, because I've never experienced my adult life. I mean, I've been working at a consistent job since I was in sixth grade is when I started my paper route. Right. And I know my parents helped me a lot during that time. So thanks mom and dad when I had sports, et cetera. But like I had a paper route at sixth grade and since then it's been go, you know, it's been making money and I've really enjoyed doing that. But there wasn't a lot of reflection piece to say, and especially now, like everything that's happening, what we just talked about with Rachel's podcast, with the Me Too movement, it's got me question really society itself, like, and questioning myself and then also questioning just men and women and how do we work together moving forward and what is this next 50 years going to look like right and it will continually fall yeah what is the next 50 what's the years next 50 gonna years like? going to look like right and so these are things i've been thinking about a lot lately and and just the treatment of humanity and us as humans period right and so what's that look like in the future and i just had a conversation with i went to nashville this weekend for the crossfit games regional with my buddy bradley will and we just, you know, this was the first, it was great because I got to go hang out with some dudes and just watch a bunch of really fit people work out. So it was kind of cool. But on the way back, I had a Uber driver who was from Egypt and he moved his whole family here, right? And just hearing their perspectives on everything, on their world and what that's like and just listening. But it's really got me to think a lot about stuff. And so this was been going on in this build up process for a really long time. And, you know, I had a little PTSD, I would say, from Penelope's birth that I didn't fully process that now I've worked through. And so we're doing that, you know, I'm working on all that and the skin rash is much better. I would say, so I think better. I look somewhat you look very handsome. attractive again. You and uh, I just have two, like two or three outstanding spots that are maintaining. Yeah. It was crazy. It's crazy. And I'm still in it. You know, it's like, it, it will be for, I don't know for how long, but I'm still, kind of processing everything and working through and every day is a little bit better. So I got back to working out, which was good and, yeah. you know, really able to move, which feels really good. So yeah, yeah Mike, been, Mike had a hard time. You've been doing some awesome work on yourself. Yeah. And it's been good. And I started going to this group called Maine boys to men, which is like a, they have men's dialogue sessions. So I went to one and there's another one this weekend. And they also had this kind of intensive training about how they teach. They usually focus on middle school and high school boys around kind of like violence against women and it's very it's becoming a kind of an international program because it's a small organization it's less than a half a million or it's less than a million dollar nonprofit. and since me too hit they've just exploded like the people they had somebody from england that reached out to talk with them and just the you might hear ruby in the background she just kind of woke up but yeah, it just exploded. So it's a really great organization here locally to kind of, and it's something I've been wanting to get involved in for a long time with our travel schedule and et cetera. It's been hard to make the events, but now I'm going. And so it's cool to just have these conversations. The age ranges have been in there. The all day session training thing that I went to was pretty much 50% men and 50% women. But the men's dialogue sessions are ages from, you know, I'm 35. And I think the youngest guy in there was like 25 to people there in their 60s. So it's a good range of just like healing taking place. So I think it's a really positive thing to do. 
But yeah, that's that's the short story of. I'm sure one day down the line I'll talk more detail about that. But that's the. Yeah, you're kind of still in it, so I yeah. feel like it's it's it might be better a little to, inappropriate. Well, so. it might be better to just you know, yeah. But I I think it's just so important, like in our culture. Mike and I have talked a lot about how there isn't space really for fathers to process. Like I have so many mom friends that I text and process with. And I go to this organization in Portland called Birth Roots where there's amazing classes. And it's not that fathers can't come. It's just that they don't come. And so (laughs) like there just hasn't been a place. And, you know, every appointment we go to, except for our amazing midwife, every appointment Mike comes with me to, the practitioners never talk to him. They don't even look at him. So it's mm-hmm. like they're it's asking very, uh, it's very me odd. how I'm doing, which I should be the primary person because yes, I'm the patient. But literally, like Mike's sitting there and you could also turn to him and just be like, how are you doing? Yeah, just imagine walking into our house, right? Just imagine like you're walking into our house with your partner and Kate and I are only talking to you. And we just completely ignore the the other person that you brought. You know, it's bizarre. It, it's bizarre. And it's a, it's a bizarre feeling to... Cause there was so much like, and I'm going to try to do better th- for this because it's my responsibility, right? Like, cause I know friends that are, it's as Kate was in, pregnant, right? I mean, she's growing a human being, so I'm not trying what I'm talking about or how I'm, I'm not taking any credit whatsoever away from her or women that are giving birth or being pregnant. But if we're going to heal the society a little bit, we also have to recognize like, you don't feel there's a part of me that didn't feel like do i matter or it's like people don't care and so then it's it's i'm relying on you know i'm just processing it all internally myself and i didn't think about like getting help because nobody i just took care of it i would just take care of and hold it all in and i feel like that happens i actually listened briefly to a podcast earlier and both of these women were talking about their husbands about how amazing they were she one was going to school to be a doctor the other one was competing in the crossfit games and so their husbands one was running a crossfit gym and the other one was doing something else and they said you know finally they like their husbands were like well this this and this and they go why didn't you tell me about this this stuff's been going on for like a year to two years why well, didn't want to stress you out you know because i knew this would stress you out but you have a lot of other things going on so i feel like it's this place where dudes have we just been kind of holding on to this a lot and so it's allowing that processing to take place because one thing I realized is even when Kate was pregnant, like I had to go seek out assistance and I never did. And it would have been great to have some yeah. because it wasn't like you, as you said, you were talking a lot to your girlfriends about everything. And, yeah. And I have um, a therapist. And yeah. And I have and, our midwife. Like, you know, I right. had a lot of support as it should be. Like Correct. I needed that much support and women need that much support. And that could be a whole other episode about how our culture also doesn't support mothers enough. So that's, I'm Correct. not, we're not saying that, you know, men need to be the focus, but I think we could like pay more attention by like 10 to 20% to fathers. And it would help a lot, especially because as mothers, we want fathers to be more involved. I mean, I couldn't possibly ask Mike to be more involved. Like you are, you know, all in a hundred percent, but I talk to other women and they, you know, they, and I read stories and whatever. And I know it's a, a cultural narrative that we wish men were more involved. And then like we don't ask them how they are at the OB appointment. So it just feels like a disconnect yeah. there. So that's something that we've been talking about. And I know, you know, Mike, who knows what you'll develop, but. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm not sure what saying. The... There might be something. Who knows? So, yeah. So that's something we've been talking about. But overall, like, it's been such a joy to be on leave. We are starting to record podcasts a little bit. And I had my book edits due. So mark your calendar. April 2nd, 2019. Do Less is coming out with Hay House. So definitely you'll be hearing much more about the book as we develop it. But at the book edits due, we're podcasting a little bit. But other than that, neither of us is working. And it's really been such a joyful time. Penelope still goes to her little school three days a week. So three days a week, we're just with Ruby. And it's, it's been awesome. We're going mm-hmm. out to lunch a lot and hanging out. And, you know, I can feel... It's so seven and a half weeks postpartum, I can feel like the fire in me with my ideas and creativity and wanting to work and, you know, revamp the origin launch for the fall and all these things. And I just keep coming back to like, this is the only time we're going to have like this. This is not that we can't take a break anytime we want because we absolutely can. But Ruby's only going to be this tiny once. Right. And she's only going to be this portable. (laughs) once right you know with a newborn like you really can just take them anywhere and she'll just sleep or do whatever she needs to do so it's really a joy before she really has her own schedule so we're soaking it up because you know our whole business philosophy is around making a life not just a living so we're doing a lot of the making a life part right now and it's been a huge period of growth but also just like a huge period of enjoyment and being with each other and being with the girls and enjoying our neighborhood and just like it's like a life I don't know what you call it but it's just like a very like inward kind of small sweet time Mm -hmm. yeah I know it is nice yeah yeah and I'm grateful for our team because they've really helped during this time to we we just pushed back something that we were going to do and it was the right thing to do yeah we pushed back a launch that was happening going to happen this summer we decided yeah, but the team's really, the you know, kept things together, which is awesome and just rocking it. So they're doing so good. And it's, you know, we talk about a lot of these, it's, it, man, I could go on a whole podcast about systems and setting your company up, et cetera. Well, we're going to do we a whole are, other podcast oh. on that. That was actually supposed to be originally this week's episode, but we decided yep. to do a life update instead. But very soon, stay tuned, make sure you're subscribed if you haven't. We are going to do a whole episode to outline how we have put together this incredible team that's allowed us both. It's allowing me to take a five-month maternity leave. By the way, five-month maternity leave, I'm like working 80% less than usual, but I still am working 20%. So like, you know, it doesn't mean I'm totally not working because I've had some comments. And it's fine if you don't want to work at all. It is fine, but I, that's not what I want. Correct. Um, so, but I'm just being clear about that because people might be like, oh, how are you doing nothing for five months? And for me, that's not what I'm doing. But just doing like 20% of what I usually do. You're not so, doing nothing. You're taking care of Ruby. I'm sorry. Nothing work-wise. I'm, I'm doing plenty. Taking care of Ruby and I'm taking care of Penelope. Even though you're definitely the lead on Penelope. Penelope is kicking my butt. She's that's intense. All I have to, she's, yeah. she's such a joy, but she's a lot. It's, For any of you like, who have a two and three quarter year old. Yeah. Luke. It's but like anyway, it's the, I just, oh. the bedtime comes and you're like, I'm great to start over tomorrow. I you know. know I know. Like, I did say to, oh no, I said to you the night you got home, you yeah. like wanted to chat with me while I was brushing my teeth. And I was like, nope, nope. I just want this day to be over. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was nine and i was like yeah we are complete yeah this day time, is ending right now and the day <laughs> anyway but i just wanted to say we're going to do an episode coming up about how we put together our team and how we've put together our systems so that it has allowed us this beautiful time off and so that you know Lisa can say to michael maybe you'll never come back and you know and how is that possible and we just have such incredible people running our company and it took us a long time to get here right like eight years in we finally have this i think we have like one of the industry's absolute best teams when i talk to my friends who also run online businesses similar to ours i really feel like you know we have some incredible leadership and just like our team is just I, I love them so Agreed. much. I really don't know what else to say about no, it. No, I don't know everyone's organization, right? Of you course can't not. We don't know. All that, but it's, we just don't have very many headaches is what I'm saying. What? And that doesn't mean we haven't had it in the past, right? So at this point where we currently are now, it's been very smooth sailing. We have a lot of quality folks working with us and it's just, it's amazing. Well, like the origin launch was starting and I completely forgot. Right. I know. So... That's incredible. You know, yeah. I think we opened the doors or we started the pre-launch for Origin like when Ruby was about five weeks old. Yeah. And I got an email from Haley, our social media manager, and with like the graphics for Instagram. I was like, oh my God, the Origin launch. Okay. But it was so beautiful because I didn't have to, We our systems are dialed in and our leadership is so dialed in with our team and everybody knows what they're doing and they're really taking ownership of what they're doing that that wasn't a problem that I had forgotten it was happening. Mm-hmm. So, and we did, for those of you who did just join Origin, I just want to give you a warm welcome. We just closed our doors a couple of weeks ago and it was really great to have some incredible new women join the community. So awesome. Yeah. So I think that's what we got for today. Do you have anything else you want to share, honey? <laughs> what are you, are you reading anything good these days? Oh, yes. I'm reading I'm Judging You by Lovey Ajayi, which is hysterical and also powerful. So I recommend not only following Lovey, it's at L-U-V-V-I-E on Instagram, but also checking out her book, I'm Judging You. (laughs) And I know that sounds like a bad title, but it's really funny. You'll love it. And so then also, it's like the do better manual to something or other. I can't remember the subtitle. And I'm also listening on audio to Well That Escalated Quickly by Francesca Ramsey. Mm. Yeah. And... She became this YouTube sensation because she had a video go viral called shit white girls say to black girls. And overnight she like had this platform and ended up becoming basically an accidental activist and speaks about racism and, and basically social justice. And, and the book is fantastic. She's a great storyteller. I'm learning so much. And, you know, I always love listening to a book on audio read by the author. So those are the two I'm reading right now. How about you, hon? I am reading. I signed up to the subscription. I signed up for a magazine subscription called For the Atlantic, which is pretty crazy because I've never signed. I don't know last time I signed up for a magazine subscription. And I'm just really enjoying some really high quality research and writing, which is good. And I'm also reading The Looming Tower, which is there was a Hulu show on it, but it's about how our government basically the cia and fbi knew that 9-11 was there was something happening around it and they didn't do anything about it because the government agencies were fighting so it's about the back history of how 
Osama bin Laden was able to create this structure that he created to create the terror. So it's a little intense. And then I'm also reading your book. Oh. Yeah. Which is very good. The the Do Less book. The new one. The Do Less book. I just have to like, you and I have talked about this a little bit before, but this, I was listening to the, so Casey Neistat's, this goes with your Do Less book. Him and his wife, Candace, started a podcast. And anybody that's ever followed Casey Neistat or heard me talk about him before, he used to daily vlog and then he stopped daily vlog and he started a company and they sold the company and then he got basically kicked out of his company because CNN took it back, you know, or something along those lines. I don't really know the whole story. He really talked about all he wants to do now is in this guy's traveled. He travels tremendous amounts, but all he wanted to do was make videos and stay at home and be with his family, you know, and that's kind of the place he's at now. And I think it's really hard for him to process that and i it's funny because their podcast is called couples therapy and they're literally having therapy sessions with each other but it's stuff a lot that they've talked with their therapist about that they're at a place they can discuss it but you can really see the energy come up or when they rehash examples of the past so it's really fun but they always leave it positive you know they leave there's only i've only listened like there's only three episodes i think so i've listened to all three of them they leave with very positive outlook on direction to help people and it's pretty cool because one of their hardest parts of their marriage was the amount of travel that he ended up doing. And so now he ended up stopping. He's traveled far less in 2018 than he has previously, but it's processing what is his new avenue and direction to go in life. And it's a pretty cool little thing. But I, he came out with swag, like merchandise that said like work harder and do, it was like do more work or something or like work harder. And I actually love supporting people in their clothing company when they come out with stuff they really like, but I was like, I don't need to work harder. Like, that's not my problem, right? That's majority of people's problem is not working harder. Person that has three jobs trying to support their family isn't sitting around and going, I need to work harder, right? And so that was something that I was like, that is not for me, you know? And that's where, that's what the, one of the disconnects that I've started to notice a lot with people that I've followed previously. It's like, what's the reason I'm following them? But it goes to your books, phenomenal regarding that. So it was pretty, it's like, I'm really enjoying reading your, your writing. You're a pretty good writer. Thank you. And this book, thanks to my friend and research assistant, Julia Nichols, is also data-driven. So it's not just what I think. There's actually data backing it up. So for those of you who are, you know, sort of think like, what is this do less philosophy? Like, that's probably not even going to work. You know, she's completely crazy. Or think like, maybe that would work, but I'm not sure. You've got the data to back it up. And of Correct. course, you cannot get this book until next spring anyway, so I don't even know why I'm bothering talking about it, but <laughs> I'm glad to We could do anyway. something maybe beforehand, you know, around it. Called Origin, which we already have. <laughs> That's correct. That was a good, that was a good setup. See how I set that one up? Next time we open Doors for Origin will be later on in the fall. So you can go to origincollective.com and That's get true. on the wait list. Yeah. So that's, I would say, and then I have a whole stack of books that I want to dive into that I'm excited about. That's what I'm currently reading. Great. You know, and watched. We're currently, we've we've watched all of Blackish. Yep, we're caught up on Blackish. We're caught up on Blackish. Love that show. And now we just started Dear White People. Yeah, Blackish, just, Blackish just, went dark there for a second. I did. I cried so hard, but I won't tell you why. No. Just in case anybody hasn't watched it. Yeah, um, if you're the recent season of, I think the episode was called like Blue Valentine, so you'll understand. Yeah. Uh, we've completed all of the Get Down. I also... Love oh, the get down so I was good. so sad that it's not getting, it's not going to have any more episodes. I loved no. it so much. But anyway, so watch the get down. Grace and Frankie. 
we did all of Grace and Frankie. I yep. think we're caught up on Modern Family. We're caught up on Modern Family. And we just started Dear White People. We watched one episode of The Letdown, but it was like a little bit too much actually like our life. So there's really no need to watch More that like right now. Your life. Well, yeah. we're living the life of The Letdown, which is about having a, a new baby. So no need. So we did Dear White People. I have binge watched tons of Scandal, but now okay. I need a break because it's like a soap opera and I need to stop. So I'm taking some time off of that. I watched Vox. It's so weird to me that you watch shows by yourself. Like, you know, I don't watch anything unless I watch it with you. Right? I know. Well, I like watching like it's a good it's my escape. Like that's I don't you know, I don't drink. I don't go to bars. I don't watch sports really anymore. I did watch a basketball game with Bradley the other day because the NBA playoffs are going on right yeah. now. And we're sitting there and he's like talking to me. I was like, dude, I have no idea what's going you on. You do watch CrossFit, though. So that is the yeah, same but thing not... as watching sports. Well, besides CrossFit, right? Like but basketball, baseball, is... hockey. That is true. It is a sport. But more now, I just like listen to. Yeah. Anyway. No, but I still, I watch, I like watching things by myself. Yeah. No. I like watching, I like doing it... things by myself. I went to the movies with somebody recently and they're like, yeah, I've never been out to eat by myself. And I was like, what? Yeah, that's crazy to me. I hang out by myself well, quite a bit. I, I used like to it. hang out. I used to go out to eat by myself in New York a lot. Yeah. Go to the movies by myself. I'd love it. It would be a joy to go to the movies by myself at this point. <laughs> and I actually, I did take Ruby to the movies. Some girlfriends from my neighborhood were going to go see Book Club. And I was like, well, I want to go. I'm just bringing my baby and we'll see how she does. And she was awesome. Yeah. She actually was awake the entire movie, which was unexpected. But she was quiet for the most part. So that was fun. So I could take Ruby to the movies. That's great. Yeah. Then I watched. So I've been taking, because of my skin issue, one thing that Caden informed me that I need to take better care of my skin, not only like mentally myself, but just my skin and so no, like literally using moisturizer. Yes. So <laughs> that I have, don't really do so. Um, and I don't want like brown spots on the, you know, see all the old bald men that have like spots all over their head. So I, I'm, you know, very conscious of wearing a hat and sunscreen, etc. But uh, I've been taking a tub every night and soaking in coconut oil, like two tablespoons of coconut oil and soaking a tub for 20 to 30 minutes. And then I, you know, moisturize myself at night. But last night, so that's what I've been, that's when I watched like Scandal or whatever. Oh, you watch it in the tub. Yeah. I just put I'm the... like, how the heck, when are you doing this? Well, then sometimes like I'm not working I mean, I right now. I so then things during the see, day the, too, but... what's happened is the binge watching the shows, the weather has really been impeding the binge watching, which I'm so grateful for because it's, it's so, so nice, nice out. Yeah. So I just go outside a lot and I bought a basketball hoop. So I've been playing ball outside. Sometimes buddies will come over. Other times I'll just go shoot by myself. So that's been fun. But I started watching Vox. V-O-X is like a news organization, which is I actually really enjoy reading their articles. They came out with a show on Netflix. Oh. So the, on different topics. So last night was about monogamy. Hmm. So it was really interesting, like 18 minutes. What do you think of monogamy? It was a system. What was It's crazy. So they talked about this tribe that... So marriage is a system, right, that was created. Yeah. And it was really created to create in-laws. This is how, this is what they, this is what they shared is that marriage was created to merge families, to merge families. So it kept powerful. Talk about system oppression, right? And we just watched the whole, that's another topic, but the, the marriage, royal and wedding. the royal wedding, but like system of oppression. And so these two powerful people will get married to keep the in-laws together. So that's what marriage was actually when they were talking about what that was created. And so marriage is a system and monogamy they were talking they said love is a feeling right it's the feeling but then love and monogamy the monogamy is a choice so 
in a marriage arrangement, they, you know, one of the things was like, you have to don't have sex until you're married. It's like all the stuff religion pushes upon you that you have to do, that you're treated as a sin if you have sex before marriage, all this stuff, right? But then they also talked about there's tribes that I don't know where they were, but there was tribes that they've done research and actually were the only like animals... Oh, we have to wrap up. Ruby's so. losing it. But animals, they're, they don't, they're not monogamous. No. Right? And so with, there was actually tribes that if a woman was pregnant and and she she would have sex with, like, let's say there was five men she ended up having sex with inside of this tribe, they were all considered fathers, even though they were not the one, like, well, the Well, that would the be sperm. helpful. To have- <laughs> yeah. But that's what they I said is that the benefit. it's not about this, because we'll go, you know, you, sometimes you're out in stores and like kids are acting up and really people don't want to step on other people and right. how they parent their children and all this stuff. And they said in these tribes, what ends up happening is they just pick the kid up. Like they just right. walk around and the kid's crying. Somebody picks the kid up and, and right. takes care of the kid. And now I feel like we, you know, we've in, especially in Western culture, it's like, as you're talking about mother support, right? It's you have to be at home with this child by yourself forever. So isolating. Um, and so isolating. And so in the Western world, you know, that's kind of the, the mentality. So I think it comes down to, so my take on it is to have a very good conversation with the people that you're in relationship with and not everything is going to work for everybody. Right. You know, and so it's just making sure that if the opening, you know, if somebody wants to try something else is to process it with each other, you know, like, I don't know, you, you gotta, we have to figure it out for ourselves and we have to create that, establish that relationship and, because there's not like Kate can't provide every need in my entire life that I need. Right. So it's like, that's why I talked to a therapist about stuff that's going on. Right. Well, and that was actually really good practice in those first couple of weeks when you were having a meltdown and I really only had the bandwidth the to take care of my physical needs and Ruby's physical needs. Right. And I could barely take care of my physical needs because I was just recovering and you had emotional needs. And so when yep. you would bring it up, I would just say, great. Who are you going to call for support today? Because right. I was like, I got nothing. <laughs> right. Which is actually a conversation that I never have with myself. You know, it's like that was so helpful because it was, and I had to think about who I could reach out to for support. Right. And that was super helpful for, for me. So, and they're doing stuff on like cryptocurrency and they're a smaller segment. So they're pretty interesting. Cool. But, uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's good. This little one needs a little attention, so we're going to wrap it up. But thanks for listening in, and it's a pleasure to be back with you guys live. We have a couple of other pre-recorded episodes, but for the most part, the episodes over the summer are going to be current live. Yeah, and thank you so much for submitting the reviews. We'll get back on that program in in future episodes. I know a lot of people have... uh, enjoyed the the gifts that we've sent out and they're using them and so i I have a little bit of backlog of gifts that need to be sent out for those of you that are listening that i haven't received it yet it's on its way but yeah so that's really i think it's great i think it's a good time to call it quits because ruby is she's losing she's done she's like you guys i'm done podcasting thanks folks bye bye ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.